everybody. Tyler Smith here. This is a more than one lesson mini-sode. It's mini-sode number 23. And to commemorate this historic mini-sode, our old friend Josh Long is back. Josh. Hey. How you doing? Good. Good. All right. I thought I wasn't sure if you were going to say anything else. You said Josh. Yeah, that's kind of the thing I do. I'm kind of a... Well, because sometimes you say, how you doing? Right. And sometimes you don't. So I always have to wait... Wait a second and see what happens. Yeah, I like to keep all my friends on their toes. Uh, that way I remain in control and I have the power. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Josh, you're back from uh, sunny, snowy Connecticut, right? <laughs> yes. The sunshine state. The that's sun what I call shines it. through the snow. Absolutely. No, there was no snow. There was a little... There was, there was mostly sun, actually. I got a, I got a pretty nice week up there. Good weather. What's the temperature up there? Right now? I mean, it depends. Well, no, I mean, like, I while I you were there. Like while I was there, it was, like, 70s. It was perfect. Oh. I know. It was, like, I got, like, the perfect weather. In all the places I was, I was in New Haven, Connecticut area. I was in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and I was in New York City. And all of those places were, like, gorgeous weather. So Here's what you need to start doing. Okay. Which is always a fun thing. I'm sure people love hearing I that. I like to hear <laughs> I'm like, okay, good. I, now I have some direction for my life coming in. Hey, you know what you're doing wrong? I'll tell you. I know you didn't ask, but you're, you'll, be, you'll be happy when I say it. You'll be glad. You gotta, here's what you got to... For your own good. Here's, here's what you got to start doing. Okay. It's getting to the point now that everywhere I go, mm-hmm. I will put out a, a tweet or a Facebook thing saying, hey, are there any listeners in this area? And then I, uh, you know, get to know them. I met uh, Davida in uh, Switzerland. That's I met true. Dave in, I don't know why, Dave does not listen to this, but uh, he's a BP listener. I met him in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I met some listeners in um, New Zealand. And uh, I think it's one of those things, anytime I'm going to go to a major city, I think I might put out, and I've got maybe some, some spare time, mm-hmm. I think I'll put out a thing and say, hey, anybody want to hang out? I like meeting listeners. Uh, so you should do that as well. So especially because, I mean, to my knowledge, we don't have any listeners in uh, Connecticut. But you went to New uh, New York, New York. You went yeah. to Philadelphia. There's probably some in those places. Yeah, probably. So even though New York, by and large, is a godless city, so <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of people interested in this show. No, certainly not. Absolutely not. I'm joking, of course. To, uh, listeners in uh, New York, uh, you know, Tim Keller others i'm sure but uh we know there's at least one christian in new york and even then i have my uh, theories about him being a total huckster so uh i've taken down all of his sermons because i've i've i see through this guy oh yeah he was just pulling one over on you the whole time yeah there was that sermon when he said send me all your money and i thought you know what <laughs> this seems odd but uh and he was, you know, he was selling all these oils that would cure your, uh, you know, your hearing loss and stuff like were they, that. Were they made from snake by any chance? No, they were made from oil. No, snake oil. I know. I was going to, I like the idea of, you know, seizing on the second part. And it's just like, yes, but what's that oil made from? Oh, well, snakes. It's made from snakes. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Um, but, uh, okay. So... Well, first off, how about this? Uh, what were you uh, What were you working on? I was working on a uh, web project called Women in Science. Okay. Um, it's apparently well, apparently it is 
about gender bias in the scientific community. Fascinating. So, yeah. I think it's mainly for uh, research purposes, actually, which is interesting. Through Yale University. Hmm. So there you go. Now let me ask you this. Okay. Who is in charge of this project? Um, women. Is okay. that what you're asking? I, that's what I was asking. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it would be kind of interesting. It's like, well, there, there was uh, Bill, and there was Henry, <laughs> and there was Dave, and there was... You know what? <laughs> I, think they, I think they're on to something, these guys. <laughs> so... Um, Okay. Well, that's very that's that's odd. Was there I mean were they were are they based in Connecticut? And that's why or did everyone just travel to to shoot this thing? Most of the people working on it were coming up from New York. Okay. All right. Um but it since it's funded by Yale, it was shooting at Yale. So, okay. Which is for those who don't know in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, it seems no offense to you. I mean, you're a very good uh, assistant director. I've heard nothing but good things. You know, you get everything right on the first take or whatever it is your resume says. Sure. Um, and so uh, I saw Josh's resume and it was quite impressive. Um, and so Some of the nice paper. Yeah, that's it the felt impressive like, thing. It felt like like ivory. Did you print it on like ivory? We make it from uh, yeah from the elephant tusks. Wow. Yeah, grind them down, mix them with some. Uh, who wouldn't want to hire you after that? I don't know. Like, this guy cares. I mean, not about elephants. You know who might not want to hire me is elephants. Right, but you know what? They're all dead by then. <laughs> so, but while they're alive, they never forget. Oh, watch out. <laughs> they're really into September 11th. Um, okay. They're really into it? Yeah, because it's the one thing where, like, the, the, the chief... Uh, aspect of elephants is like celebrated they're like finally our time to shine we don't forget anything don't worry guys that's a that's they were big on the alamo too (laughs) there we go okay um but yeah so that's that's kind of awesome that uh that they flew you all the way across the country because they needed this thing organized and you know what no better person to organize something that's what I do came than with my, Josh Long came with my folders and my pens absolutely trapper keepers oh yeah yeah the one thing that uh, that you're associated with that is in no way organized is uh, episode structure of uh, or minisode structure specifically of more than one lesson mm. so maybe maybe you could act as sort of the AD for this <laughs> so like okay so right now you'd probably say alright guys enough Chit chat. Enough it's time to move along. You're seven minutes in. Let's go. There we go. Yeah, we've all got places to be. Yeah. Okay. And speaking pictures of those places, up. what was that? <laughs> I said pictures up. Is that a thing you say? Yeah. What does it mean? It means we're ready to go. It means oh. be quiet because we need to make the movie. You should try saying that next time. Everyone, be quiet. We're ready to make the movie. Be quiet because we need to make the movie. <laughs> Everyone would be like, "What is that guy? Who, who's that guy?" We're, we're making magical memories. <laughs> Um, sometimes that first day, because none of us really know each other that first day, sometimes I think people may not know who I am until I start shouting things like mm-hmm. pictures up and roll sound. And then they're like, oh, that guy must be the AD. Is there a specific, um, this may sound a little strange, uh, sort of a, a sort of uniform for an assistant director? No, I don't think so. Here's why I ask. Because when I was a PA and runner... Mm-hmm. My uniform consisted of jeans, t-shirt, baseball hat, Bluetooth, clipboard, pen. Mm-hmm. I sh- you show up anywhere with that, you look like you're supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. The clipboard and the pen, but the Bluetooth helped as well. It says, it says, yeah, I'm not even in my car. I'm here for business. I'm here for business. Like I, I, 
I'm going to be, I'm, I'm leaving immediately. Mm-hmm. So why, what's the point of even taking this out of my ear? And, uh, and yeah, I was led on, I, like, sometimes I just sort of <laughs> wandered around the studio <laughs> and, uh, places I wasn't supposed to be, but people just, they just kind of yeah. let you walk around cause you look official. So I is just, there a specific thing like, like equipment, like walkie talkies or something that you, I, I do always, I do always have a walkie and I've got one of the headsets too. Oh, so, so you don't even little... have, you don't, you guys don't even have time to say talkie. No. Just a walkie. It's, yeah, we're, 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 in a, we're in a real hurry out there. Um, you know my favorite kind of walkie? Chewbacca. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Star Wars. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so I've got that in the, in the little headset thing. Although my hair, because it's usually long, often hides the headset. So sometimes I'll just I do the thing where like I stop listening to somebody and they're like, what are you, what are you doing? They can't tell that I, it's because someone's talking uh, in my ear. But I that's why. The talker thing. You, that's why you should walk around at all times saying, I'm wearing a headset. <laughs> then people would know to respect you. That's a good idea. I'll, I'll remember that one. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm not an assistant director myself, but... If you were... If I were, that's what I would that do. That would start happening. Yeah. I would, even while they were rolling, I would scream that, just so people remember just, who's in charge. Just so everyone remembers. I have the thought, I have that imp of the perverse thought all the time, like, what if I just walked right into the shot? Like, oh. I'm the guy who's supposed to make sure that everything goes smoothly, but what if I were to just, like, walk in the background and, and just start, like, making faces or something like that? Like, the idea of it is very funny to me, but... What do you think would get you in more trouble if you were okay. to do that? Where clearly, oh, he is walking in with the purpose of ruining something. intent to kill, right? Or you walk in, but you're still like w- talking into the mic. Uh, you know, you're, you're fiddling with the walkie. Like you've wandered into the shot, <laughs> but it looks like you're still doing your job. <laughs> Like, what would get you in more trouble? It's like, oh, this guy's doing his job, and is this incompetent? Or <laughs> this guy is just probably the monster thing. I think I think the the second one, they would just think that I wasn't a very good AD. Although, it can happen where you... I mean, there have been times when I've accidentally been in a shot. Everyone's done it at some point by accident. But if you, if you did the first thing, it would be like, something is wrong with this person. Right, yes. You know? Yeah, a moment ago, I described it as the monster thing. Uh, that was based on the idea of basically just this creature wandering the set <laughs> intent on ruining everything you're kind of the grendel of the set <laughs> yeah. um okay moving on glad you're back glad to be back um i guess there was really only one episode in which you weren't here oh and that's you know i did want to say a special thanks to robert hornack for his appearance on the uh, on the last episode uh from what it sounds like a lot of you uh responded favorably to what he said uh, he said that he got some nice emails from you guys uh and so thank you everyone for being uh civil it's entirely possible that somebody could have emailed with them um, you know mean things or whatever it's happened before um and so uh yeah i i just appreciate that and i appreciate robert uh, being so uh open and honest with his testimony but moving on we have a uh, we got to get to these minisodes. Well, oh, man. Okay. So the last minisode we talked about my fourth favorite movie of all time, Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter. We are now going to talk about your fourth favorite film of all time, which is called. I don't remember. Oh, yes, I do. It's okay. uh, it's called Red. Starring Not... Bruce Willis. No. Right. No. With okay. uh, it's the one with um. <laughs> I couldn't think of his name. I was going to make a joke and, and on Reds, the uh, 
movie from the oh, 80s. Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. I couldn't yes. think of his name. That's what the joke would have been. Just imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Go back. Imagine that in your head. Now think of how funny I am. That's That'll be the thought. That Moving on. Yeah. Um, that's another thing I say on set. <laughs> Moving on? Yeah. So basically, if the director's boring you, right. you'll just roll your eyes and say, Moving on. If I'm having a conversation with somebody and I don't want to have it anymore, I just go, Moving on, and I walk away. Um, wow. You sound like just a real... <laughs> awful person yeah that's what you do in that context um no just kidding no it is uh the christoph kishlowski film red Mm -hmm. part of the three colors trilogy yes um really i feel like i see the whole trilogy kind of as one project so it's one of those things where it's it's really hard to parse them out and say well this one is a great movie and these other ones are you know okay um i think they're all great Mm. um People tend to like blue and red the best. Um, Which is strange because when I took my hiatus, my hiatus back in April, uh, I did watch the Three Colors trilogy. Um, and the one that I, I know that you, and I had seen red before mm. that, but I had not seen blue or white. Mm. Uh, so David, my co-host for Battleship Retention, he prefers blue. Mm-hmm. You prefer red. I actually liked White quite a bit. It's it's a great movie. I mean, they're all great. So I I feel Red like... Red is a close second, though, for me. Yeah. I don't like it uh, when anybody kind of shortchanges one and says, like, ah, oh, that was not that good. Yeah. Um, which does happen sometimes, surprisingly, which is kind of doesn't make sense to me because these are all such good movies. Um, I think... I, I wonder if perhaps people wind up shortchanging one... Because of their own genre preferences. Because they're all it very be. different. They are. And white is a lot lighter than the other ones. Yeah. So if you're expecting something that's kind of like heavy and philosophical, white might seem slight to you in some way. Um, Even though there's some major emotional th- there stuff There is, yeah. There. I, I still think if you do that, that's your fault as a viewer coming yeah. into the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, because that, I mean, the very end of that is kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> like, it is, but strangely optimistic. There's, yeah, a, lot, there's it's, a lot going it's on. It's very there. strange. Um, but enough about white. We're talking about red. We sure are. The better. Co- hey, that's my favorite color, too. I didn't even make that connection. Red's your favorite color? I guess that's why I like it, yeah. Because you're a communist. Right. I mean, they, they ha- Stalin did a lot of good things for those people. Yeah. Um, built a lot of roads. A lot of gigantic, ostentatious buildings. Yeah. Population control. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, getting hot in here. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but enough about communist Russia. <laughs> um, this is about. This is we got to stop. T- we we got to stop taking trips because every time we get back, we're rusty and <laughs> know, silly, seriously. and we got to move on. Well, let's talk more about post-communist Poland, which is where the filmmaker comes from, not where the film takes place. So mm-hmm. we're done talking about Poland. Now we're on to Geneva, which is where. Uh, where red takes place, mm. Geneva, Switzerland, the one, um, the one place in Switzerland I did not go. There you go. So just imagine it's like where you were, except more French. Um, Sacre bleu. You you got it. You got it. You're okay. there. Uh, so yeah, let me think of the if uh, if I want to summarize the plot. Um, I guess I think, the, I think let's. It, not that it's like a big twisty story or anything, but there are some interesting revelations that come about in the film. There are, the film. yeah. So I say th- your your two main things that are happening in the film um, is are 
Uh, there's a young woman played by Irene. I don't know if it's Jacob or Jacob. I don't know. I'm not. Forgive me. Uh, but she finds a she accidentally hits a dog with her car and takes the dog to its owner's house, which is this elderly man used to be a judge. Mm-hmm. And um, a relationship begin, between uh, begins between them, not an intimate relationship of any sort. But uh, uh, she, for one reason or another, returns to his his house, becomes kind of involved with him, you know, and I won't say too much of what exactly happens yeah. there. Um, and then at the same time, we're seeing the judge. I'll say this. The ex judge is a complex character yeah. who at first seems just kind of grumpy and kind of negative, And then you discover he is in fact more negative than you initially thought, but that there's also, he's also more human than you thought. Yeah. Um, and so, as you discover more about him, that's where the the revelations come in, and and they're things that I don't necessarily want to to give away. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, there is a uh, there's a young man who is trying to pass exam to get into law school, and uh, you follow a little bit of what's happening with him and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so these stories are happening at the same time, but end up having some connections yeah. uh, later on in the film. And that's one of the things that I like about this film and about the whole series is there's this uh, Kishowski is is kind of purposely focusing on this uh, idea of synchronicity and Mm -hmm. connections between seemingly unconnected things. Um, And that happens not only within this film, but this film specifically ties in with elements from the two previous films i think that's the reason that i like it the most because the way it ties it all together at the end right um and not just the end kind of throughout the throughout the film um and i think that that's just a very it's very interesting idea i've read more about the philosophical concept of synchronicity recently which is super confusing but um we're talking about the album, right? Right, the police the album. Police. Yeah, Got it. <laughs> the the police they understood it. Yeah, they they just They're the only ones. Yeah, it was it was easy for them. They just sang about it. I was trying to think of some words to the song songs. There's two songs on that album called Synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Um. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things. I'm sorry, I, I, I uh, don't mean to interrupt, but one of the things that I found so fascinating, and this goes back to what we were talking about regarding the different films and the different tone and the different genre and the tones aren't aren't always exactly aren't always totally different but they're certainly not the same yeah but what's neat is you'll see characters from one film show up in another in a in a very an incredibly minor way yeah um except one at the end of red in which they all show up in a very major way yeah but and when you so you watch blue and it has a very tragic, uh, vaguely ethereal quality to mm-hmm. it. Kind you, of elegistic, maybe. Yeah. Elegiac. Oh, nice. Um, Elegiac? Yeah, yeah. There okay. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know that sounds wrong. Um, and so, so you watch that, and then you watch White, which is, you know, as Josh said, a little lighter. It's not light, but mm. it's lighter. Um, and a little easier to understand a little more straightforward yeah because um, the 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 themes in blue are very 
complex. There's a, there's a lot going on in that movie. Yeah. I still don't totally understand the ending, I don't think. I think there's a lot of interpretations you could... Yeah. I mean, it's basically a film that takes place inside somebody's thoughts and emotions and... Yeah. You know. um, but... Uh, and then you see Red and you see these things get wrapped up. And what's interesting is you realize... When you watch all of them together, you realize, oh, these stories are all sort of happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And when you, and the very fact, and it doesn't seem like the world of white would happen in the world of blue, but it is. Yeah. And the world of red is happening at the same time as well. That all of these exist in the same world while being totally separate, they are all together. And in that sense, I mean, it really uh, is, which one is... What does each color mean? Which one is fraternity? Uh, red is. Uh, right. Yeah. And so I feel like it's appropriate that red would be the third one. There's no reason that it necessarily has to be except mm-hmm. of except what it means, certainly within the context of the film, mm-hmm. but also in the overall context of it being the last of all three of them in that when you realize, oh, all of these characters exist in one place, they all have different lives different stories different tones but they're all human and there's a fraternal quality to that it's a yeah it's a trilogy that i feel like just really has an intense love for everybody in it yeah um and for those who don't know uh too much about this or anything about this uh what we're talking about when we say the the fraternity is each of the films is centered around a theme each of the themes tying into the colors of the of the French tricolor flag, which symbolize liberty, equality, and fraternity, yeah. blue, white, and red. So that's, that's where that comes from. Um, uh, yeah. So for anyone who didn't know that, and uh, that's something that I think appeals to me very much to take, uh, when you do it right, cause mm-hmm. it can be done very clunkily and has many times. But when, uh, when you take a, a, a concept, it's a very abstract concept and, create a film that looks at that concept maybe maybe turns it on its head a little bit and i think that's what he does in ways in all three of these films um i find that very very interesting and very uh intellectually stimulating i guess mm-hmm. and for anyone who knows the decalogue which is another series of films by kishlowski that's a similar thing where each of those is based on one of the ten commandments not based on but centered around the idea of one of the ten commandments and um in a similar way that has a lot of through lines while not, um, you know, that like you were saying, it takes place in the same world, even though, uh, the characters are not necessarily the same, although some of them do resurface. Um, and so with red, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not knowing you, knowing what I know about you and, and your preference. I'm not surprised that red is, your favorite, although again, with when dealing with something like this, it's sort of like I'm sorry to equate the two because I like one more than the other. It's sort of like the the Lord of the Rings films. People are like, oh, I like this one, I like that one. It's like, yeah, but you like all three of them. Yeah, and they are, and they were always meant to be seen together. Right. I always recommend to people if you want to watch it. I think it's really good to watch them like three nights in a row. Yes, which is what I did, that's, and and yeah. that's absolutely what I would recommend. Yeah, um, because you miss some of it. Otherwise, I think you forget mm-hmm. like how much they're they're supposed to be connective. Like the you you weaken that connective tissue, I guess, between the three films if you were to spread them out too much. Yeah. Um. Um. 
so with red, I mean, certainly tonally it's, it's dramatic, but there's an optimism to it that I know you, though you are a Bergman fan who tends not to be the most optimistic. Uh, when I think of you and the movies that you respond the best to, I think of a certain degree of optimism or at the very least hope. Yeah. Um, and so, but without just becoming, you know, like treacle or just yeah. overly or having a dance party at the end. Exactly. Wouldn't it be great if red ended with a dance party <laughs> disco? Um, although it doesn't, I guess in a way, uh, the last days of disco ends with a dance party kind of. Yeah. But that's like that film. That's a more tongue in cheek. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you do have to consider everything that happened before it. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but, uh, you know, characters dancing in hell are still in hell. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. And so, and when I think of the, of the relation, the relationships throughout all three films, I mean, the strongest and I think the most intriguing is that of the judge and the young woman. Yeah. Um, and the judge is played. I do not remember the actor's name. Do you have it, uh, pull in it front of here. you? Um, I know Shortly. him primarily. Of course I saw the film back in school and I don't think I took note of, of who he was. And then I saw last year a movie called Amor, uh, which he was wonderful in. And his name does not... Uh, oh, I forgot that that's him. Yeah. His, this is a hard one to say. Uh, Jean-Louis Trintignant. Ah, yes, that's right. That's, that's the best try I'm going to go at yeah. it. We'll just call him Jean-Louis. Okay. That'll be fun. JLT. Um, JLT, yes. <laughs> Jonathan Louis Thomas. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, his performance is great and that they both need to be good in a very specific way, but his, he's playing just a real jerk in many ways, but not irredeemable. No. And, and he's pretty awful to her at a lot of points Mm -hmm. and kind of, uh, uh, unapologetically and yeah. It's it's just interesting that he starts out that way and then becomes a character that we we uh, I don't know that we learn more about enough to even sympathize with those types of like that type of reaction that he has to her yeah which is which is interesting and I that like you said the relationship with them is the it's probably the core of the film mm-hmm. which makes sense in light of the theme of fraternity. And so I think it's important to to note that there is not a intimate or sexual relationship between them because right. that would that would be different than somehow, fraternity. Somehow it would cheapen everything. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Because that's it's it's examining a different kind of relationship. It's examining a deep platonic relationship. Um, yeah. In the same way that I mean, and that's the thing is a lot of movies and TV shows have sort of caught up to that idea. When you think of like now many of these are comedies, but when you think of the relationship between Jack and Liz on 30 rock mm-hmm. or, um, Ron and Leslie on parks and recreation. Parks and recreation yeah. The reason that those are so satisfying is because it doesn't dip into the will they won't they, it doesn't dip into the, Oh, look at the tension. Far from it. And yeah. with this, there is no will they, won't they. It's it's actually deeper than that. It's will they connect as humans at all. Right. Much less this whole other thing. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to say that I'm against, you know, romance in movies or, or no, anything no. like that, but it would have felt really artificial to try to put that on this film. Yeah. And the thing about the the judge and just the way he's played, but also just the character himself, is that... Um, and we'll actually circle back around to this in like a month or two uh, when we talk about your favorite film of all time is that, yes, he is prickly, he is cynical, he is sometimes straight up cruel, but you also get a sense of tremendous pain Mm -hmm. in him. Yeah. And every time he lashes out, your first instinct is to be annoyed and maybe even, and maybe angry, but you also, or at least I do, feel like I want to just throw my arms around him (laughs) and be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I think she gets that sense too, even from the beginning, even when it's not a, uh, when there is no positive connection to him, I think she still feels something there. Mm -hmm. I think she can see that there's something there, which is why she even ever goes back. Like she could excuse herself to never going back, but, uh, but she doesn't. Um, yeah. And again, another interesting thing is the, there's an element of the connection between who the judge is now and who the young lawyer is now. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things that connect to this young lawyer being almost being the judge, you know, like, yeah, it almost feels like you're watching a flashback. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so that I think connects again to that idea of, of synchronicity, these things being connected in a way that uh, that isn't obvious on the surface, but uh, you know, it's all as if this young lawyer is the past life of this older man. Yeah, um, yeah. and That's it does it. help to once again bring these characters and humans together in this way that says. The judge's story, he is a very, he's a very unique and specific character, Mm -hmm. just as we are all specific and unique people, and we are all individuals, yes, but the, the mistakes we make, the decisions we make, they've been made before, yeah, and they'll be made again. It's the, and, and, and in the positive way as well, certainly, right. It's it's that paradox of being unique, but at the same time inextricably connected. Yeah. Um, separate but together. I don't know. Yeah. Which I was not intending on bringing this back back around to Christianity, but, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's part of it. Yeah, that's certainly like that's a goal element of Christian community. Yeah, and people often say that you know they talk about christians but they also talk about you know the idea of heaven and being communion with god and that kind of thing that like oh you lose your identity because now you're connected to this larger thing and i remember i might have been there's a lot of christian thinkers that have said this um that uh it's like no actually in that moment you are more yourself than you've ever been Mm -hmm. you are not only are you an individual, but you're the most individual you've ever been because you are not hampered by the, all these other things, all these temptations, all these mistakes, all these flaws 
that mm-hmm. keep you from being who you really are. Yeah. Um, and you're only, but you're only freed from those because you're part of this thing that is itself holy and is bigger than you. Um, it's, it is, it seems like a contradiction, but when you watch the three colors trilogy specifically, but also when you watch a movie like red, you can see how that sort of thing is, is possible. Yeah. Because you do, because I remember when I first saw red, I was almost a little confused. Mm hmm. When I kept seeing the lawyer, it's like, well, I recognize that these characters exist in the present time. Yeah. But everything the judge is saying and everything I'm seeing, it seems like a flashback. Is yeah. this a stylistic choice? Yeah. And it is, but not in the way I'm, <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah. And there's even, little, uh, there's even little things he does in the filmmaking where... Uh, this was a, in a special feature on the, old, the Miramax DVDs, I think. But they talked about how... Well, he talked about how Koshowski, I mean, how he would have certain elements or sometimes even places be in the background of one scene that then would play prominently later in another scene. Hmm. The idea being that these places are there all the time. These connections are there all the time, but they were not, if they're not at the forefront, we just don't see them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very interesting concept and a cool, a cool idea. And it reminds me of something. So there's a website called Red Letter Media that I've been spending a lot of time on lately. Um, they do movie reviews and that sort of thing. And one thing that they return to over and over again, they say it somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but it's true. Um, when they talk about a filmmaker making a certain decision that seems so small. And what they say is, you may not have noticed, but your brain did. <laughs> and in that sense an attention to detail to put recurring things in the background. The very na- the very nature of them is there in the background. You're not supposed to notice them mm-hmm. consciously, but your brain did and your brain will might not. E- and when they are, when they return later, you might not notice them then either, mm-hmm. but you will feel that sameness, that unity yeah. by in those, in those things. That's something I've always been fascinated by is the idea that you can incorporate things into art just to help build the world and build the feeling. And the less the per- the less the audience is aware of it, the better. Hmm. Always seemed like a waste of time, <laughs> but <laughs> but I absolutely understand the value of it. Yeah. Um, now, some of my favorite films are ones that I, I mean, I've talked about this before with, uh, I don't remember which ones, but some of them I know we've talked about either in the minisodes or in the in the uh, episode, the proper episodes. Uh, that film sometimes when I I know that like I'll have a reaction to it. I know I have an emotional or an intellectual reaction to it, but I don't understand exactly why. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those are movies that just are are great to me, and I'm, sometimes I think I have to figure it out. But sometimes I think maybe you don't even need to figure it out. I don't know. There's a value in in either, but yeah. There can be something that speaks to you without it being obvious to you. Yeah. Yeah, I've often said, and in fact, as we, for me, as we move further down my list, um, and indeed when we get to my top two, both of them have an element where I look at it and I say, all right, this is bigger than me. It was bigger than the filmmaker. It was bigger than the actors. We're all kind of a part of this thing. 
that just sort of happened. And I and yes, I will credit the filmmaker, but it, I don't think I, uh, you sort of feel like they're just some kind like a vessel. Yeah, you know, so you're just connected to something bigger somehow, and it's like those ones that you're like, that was great, and I, I know even sometimes I think I get it, but I couldn't explain it. Right, and that yeah, that kills me. I like the I like to be able to talk at length about something, <laughs> but there are times when I'm just like, I, I um, yeah. It's big. It's, uh, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it becomes that thing. That's how I feel when I talk about Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, if I talk about, I can talk about Marlon Brando. I can talk about the cinematography. I can talk about Robert Duvall. I can talk about specific elements. If I talk about it as a whole, it's like, okay, I'm out of my depth. I'm out of my depth. <laughs> um, and that's how I feel about the Three Colors trilogy. Like, mm-hmm. and from what I've seen of the Decalogue, I feel like, if I were to watch that whole thing, I would feel the same way where yeah. it's just this guy who I believe I described it in the past just has this burning desire to tell this story specifically and has to tell it this way. Mm. And yes, he, he knows why in certain cases, but more than anything, he just knows that he has to do it. Yeah. And I feel like that comes through with, with these movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen the three colors trilogy, seek it out uh i mean we've been focusing on red here but certainly watch all three yeah d- you you shouldn't watch just one i think no. that would be incomplete yeah no. so it's like uh lay's potato chips you can't watch just one anyway you gotta look at all of them <laughs> you gotta look at all the don't even though they're very unhealthy no no well the baked ones are a little bit healthier what? all right well, uh, yeah enough yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah so we uh we should uh start to wrap up but um but yeah um I don't know what the next episode is going to be. It might be an interview with someone. I don't know. There's some scheduling issues. And so, uh, and next, next week might be, uh, another mini We're not sure yet, but, uh, anyway, um, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to email Josh or myself, you can email me, Josh, uh, sorry, me, <laughs> Tyler at more than one lesson.com or Josh, Josh at more than one lesson.com. Um, but yeah, Uh, Josh, thanks for being here. Oh, you're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye.